Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. As you uh, would see in the worship folder, uh, Vance and Emily will be uh, preaching on the Spirit during Pentecost. It's an appropriate theme for Pentecost, uh, drawing us into the uh, story of the early church in the book of Acts. The uh, lectionary readings for today give us a teaser for what is out ahead by leading us to the 16th chapter of the Acts, chapter 16, beginning at verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. When they approached the province of Mysia, they tried to enter the province of Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas instead. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We sailed from Troas straight for Samothrace, and came to Neapolis the following day. And from there, we went to Philippi, the city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city for several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought we might be, there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God-worshipper from the city of Thyatria, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided that I am a believer, in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so here we are. Even though the headlines that we read in the papers or hear on the news would tend to deny it, we are still in that season of Easter, those 40 days leading to the Ascension and then on toward Pentecost. And it, it seems like a long time, doesn't it? Since uh, Vance encouraged us to say, said, Christ is risen, and we said, Christ is risen indeed. So I want you to try it this morning. I'll say, Christ is still risen. And I invite you to respond, Christ is still risen Indeed, 
Here we go. Christ is still risen. Christ is still risen indeed. We uh, gather not only under the banner that proclaims it, but under the bold, daring affirmation that the living Christ is still present with us, even today, even in our world. It uh, reminded me of a California preacher who told the story of taking his three-year-old daughter, Nicole, shopping for new shoes to go with her Easter dress. Being a faithful father and good pastor, he wanted to make sure that Nicole understood that Easter was about more than just clothing. So as they walked through the mall, he said, Now, Nicole, uh, do you know what Easter really is? She stopped suddenly in her tracks, lifted her arms in the air and shouted, Surprise! And Nicole, of course, she got it right. It's all a surprise. Nobody, I mean nobody, expected a resurrection. Nobody, least of all the the first followers of Jesus, expected the one who was crucified, dead, and buried to show up on their doorstep. Nobody expected that, as Luke records, after he suffered for 40 days, he was with them teaching about the kingdom of God. Nobody, nobody expected it. It was, and it still is, an earth-shaking, mind-bending, soul-lifting, life-reorienting surprise. The Christ is risen and indeed is among us. Uh, one of the Emily's professors at Duke Divinity School, colleague and friend, uh, is Kevin Rowe, brilliant authority on the early church and scholar in the New Testament. His uh, latest book is entitled Christianity's Surprise. And uh, get, get a few lines of uh, the theme of his book. Originally, Christianity was a surprise. It was not anticipated, and many of the things it brought with it were completely surprising. If Christianity is anything at all like what the early sources claim it is, then woe to us. If we forget its power, make it boring, and lose its surprise, human life is just too hard to have a boring Christianity. Uh, so we, uh, we come into the book of Acts, this book full of surprises, and to this surprising story that we read today, there, there are three actors in this drama, convenient for preachers who like three points. The first, uh, the first actor, of course, is Paul. Talk about a surprise. 
Nobody, nobody could have ever expected that Saul, that was his name then, would be traveling all around the Mediterranean inviting people to enter into the gospel of Jesus Christ. Saul was the number one persecutor of the early church. He was the total opposite of this early upstart, rebellious group of followers of Jesus, which he saw as a distinctive threat. You could say a replacement for his religious, cultural, ethnic tradition. Remember those white folks who marched through Charlotte shouting, you will not replace us? Have you listened to the smarmy voices on cable TV promoting a replacement theory? Have you wept over the deadly attacks in a supermarket in Buffalo, in a Taiwanese church in California, a synagogue in Pittsburgh, or a nightclub on Orange Avenue? One thing they all have in common, along with the AK-47s, is the same, very same anger and fear that drove Saul to head off to Damascus to kill those Christians. But on the way, he was surprised when he ran head-on into the presence of the risen Christ. The experience totally reoriented his life, shattered all of his narrow religious bigotry and tore apart his cultural prejudice and it sent him off to share the good news of God's loving Christ with anybody and everybody that he could find anywhere that he went. It was all about the one whom, of whom Paul said, I know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified and risen. Uh, Kevin Rowe points to that when he says, at its origins, Christianity's surprise was a person. Jesus, the Messiah, crucified and raised. At the center of their surprise for the world was the revelation of the human as the image of Christ. It's all Paul had to offer. So I want to just ask you this morning, really, what, what do you and I have to share with people in a time like this, in a world like this. What does First Church, positioned here with its hand on the heartbeat of the city of Orlando, what does it have to offer 
to people outside these beautiful walls. When it comes down to it, the one and only surprising, world-transforming thing we have to offer is the good news of the love and grace of God revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's, that's our surprise for the world. Says so Paul, uh, the second actor in the story, of course, is this amazing woman named Lydia. She uh, was a, a resident of Thyatria, which was a center of the textile industry. Uh, imagine, if you will, North Carolina, when it was the center of textile industry in America. Uh, the story says that she was a seller of purple cloth. And that was no small deal. It was a niche industry at the highest end of the market. It, it was the product only for people who represented wealth, prestige, and power. And the text says that she was a God-fearer, or one translation is a God-worshipper. It, it was a technical term, actually, uh, that described non-Jewish people who were drawn to believe in God, uh, it, with God, revealed in the Hebrew tradition, but who were unwelcomed in the synagogue, not a part of all the religious tradition of the Hebrews. Imagine, who are those people you know who would describe themselves as being spiritual but not religious? Who, who are the people you know who are drawn sure enough, to Jesus, but are either turned off or turned away by a church in which they are not welcome. Who, who are they? People like Lydia in your life and in mine. Again, Paul, Paul and his companions, they were just looking for a quiet place down by the riverbank to pray. But as they walked along the riverbank, they, they found Lydia and this group of women. And they entered into conversation with them, which in and of itself was a contradiction of the whole tradition in which Paul had been raised. And as, as they listened and were in conversation, there's that beautiful point in the story that says the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Another translation says the Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. Now we, we Methodist folk we have a name for that. We call that prevenient grace. It's the way the the grace of God, the spirit of God goes before us before we ever respond to it. It means Paul was not there to sort of pry open Lydia's brain and dump something into it. Paul was not there like an attorney to somehow argue the case or a salesperson to make a pitch 
for her to buy something that she really didn't need. Paul was simply there to be present with her in the way God was already at work in her life and the way her heart was opened to experience the surprising presence of Christ. So she and her whole household were baptized. It made her the first Christian in Europe. You could say that out of her life and her home emerged the the center of the Philippian congregation to which Paul wrote his most passionately loving and personal letter. And it could be that from Lydia, the Christian faith traveled throughout Europe and ultimately ended up right here in Orlando. That's Lydia, this amazing woman who was surprised by the Spirit and became the surprising agent of God's Spirit in the lives of others. And then there's a third actor in the story. This actor actually is also the producer and the director of the drama. And that is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the risen Christ, the very Spirit of God. We, uh, we call this book The Acts of the Apostles, but I think that's a misnomer. I think it should really be named The Acts of the Holy Spirit Through the Apostles because there's no explanation for the life of the early church without the presence and power, the surprising work of the Spirit within them. And throughout this story, you've got this movement of the Spirit. Uh, Paul says, well, we're going to go this way. No, the Spirit directs this way. We think we'll go this way. No, we turn and go this way. Ultimately, oh, well, let's go to Philippi. And there then they find Lydia and the church is born. Reading through Acts always, always makes me think that surprising the church is the Holy Spirit's idea of a good time. And the surprise throughout the book of Acts is always that the Spirit is relentlessly widening the boundaries of the Christian community, constantly pushing against any of the narrow confines in which we hold ourselves, constantly opening us up to those who previously have been on the, we considered them to be on the outside. The Spirit is relentlessly the Spirit of Jesus pushing the church to open itself, its heart, its life to others. It nothing less than the Spirit who Jesus promised would be with us, empower us, and lead us into all things. It is the spirit of surprise. Not that it was easy, not that it ever is. It wasn't easy for the early church. There there were leaders in the church who tried to push back against it, but the movement was always in the same direction. 
surprising us with the expanding circle of God's love. That same spirit sent Paul that, that in, invaded the life of Paul and Lydia and moved us along. It still happens today, you know. It can still happen for any of us almost any time. I had stopped by the dry cleaners to, to pick up some uh, clothing on the way to the office first thing in the morning. I was waiting to, to get my clothes and I realized there was a woman staring at me. I don't usually get that kind of attention from women, but I, I just knew there was a woman who was just kept her eyes on me. And as I turned to leave, I noticed there was a tear coming down her cheek. Before I could say anything, she said to me, Jack. Some of you know, that's my twin brother's name. I just assumed she was another one of those Michigander Methodists who had come to Florida for the winter, you know. We stepped to the side and she told me her story. Jack had been serving a small community in Western Pennsylvania some years ago now. She was not involved in the church, but somehow she got connected with the program of the church in the community. And she said that at a very critical moment in her life, Jack was the first person who ever let her know that God really loved her. She had never forgotten it. Her family had just moved to Florida through all the transition and change. Now she was surprised that at this other turning point of her life, somebody who reminded her of him was reminding her that God still loved her. God had not given up on her. That Christ was still alive with her. In short order, I received her and her entire household, just like Lydia, into the life of the church. She became one of those active, surprising life-giving agents of God's love to the people in that community. It can still happen, you know. It can happen for any of us. Life is just too hard to have a boring Christianity. So these closing words from Kevin Rowe. If we are ultimately the same people as the early Christians, and if we stand in the same tradition with them, and we are and do, then we should expect to be surprised by what we have to offer and to surprise the world with it. May the spirit of surprise Surprise us and through us.
surprise the world around us with the love of God in the risen Christ. Let us pray. Oh God, wherever we are along the journey of our own faith, wherever we are in the pilgrimage of discipleship, surprise us again by the power of your spirit and use us to become the surprising gift of your love to a world that so desperately needs to receive it. We pray it in the name of the risen Christ. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.